Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Thanks for listening. This episode, as ever, is supported by The Podcast Host. If you're thinking of starting your own podcast, I hugely recommend you pay them a visit for their courses, resources and support. There's details at beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for pattern designer Elizabeth Silver. It's kind of strange how freelance is its own career almost. I feel like I've started a new career, even though I'm doing the same type of thing that I have always been doing, I feel like I'm starting over. Persistence is something that I definitely encourage for any freelancer because I sent a mailer back when I started like in 2012 and they were interested, but no projects came out of it. And then I followed up every six months. And then in 2014, I got my first project and now they're one of my biggest clients. So it's like, it took me two years to land that client. (laughs) So, you know, it's sometimes it's really all about the follow up. Yes, hello, that's Elizabeth. We're crossing back over to the States, as you can tell. For this week's episode, you can find details of it at beingfreelance.com, where we always put links to our guests and what they're up to, but also this huge back catalogue of other guests that you can check out and our exclusive live episode uh, that we recorded at the New Media Europe conference back in June. It's the only place you can get it for free right now is at beingfreelance.com dot com and uh, it's uh, yeah it's an, a nice little bonus episode if you listen to this regularly I think you'll enjoy that right now though let's say hello to Elizabeth Silver who is a freelance pattern designer based in the states hey Elizabeth hi hi Steve whereabouts are you by the way in the states uh, Raleigh North Carolina oh okay right how about we get started here in about how you got started being freelance Well, I am relatively new to Raleigh, and part of the reason I got into freelance was because I wanted to leave New York City. Um, I started my career in New York after I graduated from college, and I had a pretty easy transition into working, and um, I started working first for a bedding company, designing the prints that are on uh, comforters and sheets, and then went into hometown textiles and finally apparel but after about 10 years of living in the city I was so over the subways and not having grass and all that kind of stuff so I wanted to be able to bring my career with me wherever we ended up basically so um, it's been about four years since I uh, left my job and started freelancing and it has been I'm, I'm definitely still on that journey <laughs> <laughs> cool so it was a deliberate step away in order to to well to step away from the city yeah yeah for sure I, I'm a suburban girl and uh, I was I was over the city and really there's a lot of uh, textile design jobs in New York and maybe in San Francisco in London you know but there's not a lot of throughout the United States, for example. So I didn't really want to have to start working as a graphic designer or some other type of thing that maybe there would be more opportunities in different places. I really wanted to stick with the kind of work that I was already doing um, because I enjoy it. So I said, well, I've got to make it something that I can I can do anywhere. So how did you make that transition? Did, did you start freelancing on the side? Did you just cut your ties? 
What did you do? <laughs> yeah, I pretty much jumped off the bridge. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I just left my job. I mean, I am lucky. Of course, I wasn't a major problem about can I pay my rent because I am married, and luckily we knew that I had a second income to fall back on. Um, but I did start with freelancing for my uh, previous company, which was uh, Baby Gap. I designed prints for you know onesies and little outfits for for kids so I was able to keep working for them for over a year after I left um, they were only one of my clients it wasn't you know it wasn't a 40 hour a week type of situation but that sort of was comforting to know that I already had that tie um, and I already had a first client so my thought was sort of like I'm not really going into business for myself. It's more like I'm going to have, instead of one job, I'm going to have maybe like four jobs, you know, I'm just going to have four clients. It's going to take a little while to get them all, but then it's just going to roll from there and it's going to be pretty easy, which you might guess is not really how it went. So what what did happen? How did it pan out? Um, well, I mean, I haven't, you know, I'm not homeless uh, and, you know, it's, it, I haven't quit yet, so it's not that horrible, but, <laughs> but it, take, it took me a really long time to get the clients that I do have. And, um, I kind of tried everything that first year. Um, I did like freelancer websites, you know, like peopleperhour.com, that kind of thing. I entered like design contests. I reached out to like all my old colleagues. I signed up for temp agencies. Um, I started working for a textile design studio that I used to work with. I used to buy prints from the textile design studio when I worked uh, at The Gap. And then I reached out to her after and said, can I design prints for you so that you can sell them to The Gap and other companies? And uh, that was, she was another one of my clients, uh, one of my first clients. And it was a really good experience because I got to kind of do whatever I wanted and she was doing the selling for me. Um, So I actually Pattern design studios, I think, are really a great opportunity. And I just launched a course about them on Atlee.com. So I've recently got into teaching. I, I'm, I do a little bit of everything these days. So if like, if you could go back and do that again, how would you do that differently? Yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> it sounds like the strongest work came from looking at the relationships you already had. Yeah, um, I think that... Honestly, uh, going back and doing it again, I don't know that I would have a better way to do it at this point. Maybe in like 10 years, I'm going to figure out the magic solution. But I mean, not to be, you know, trite, but it's all a learning experience. And I still don't know the answers, you know. So it's like it's not like I found the form, the perfect formula. And now, like anytime I snap my fingers, I have a new client. So it's still, you know, it's still a work of progress. And I think that, you know, I kind of had to try it all to 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 figure out what is more successful than other things you know now you obviously had a really targeted niche um, which you'd always wanted to work in that's what you studied for and everything did you really have to fight a temptation to do other design work in that early stage yeah and I definitely have branched out I mean uh I started with really just 
repeating patterns um, that are going to go on a surface. But now I do illustration. Um, I design greeting cards. I do online stationery, um, invitation type things. Um, and definitely when I was on like freelancer type websites, I would, you know, anything that was required Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop, I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. No, not a problem. Um, so, so yeah, I, I have branched out a little bit, but it's all kind of falls under the same umbrella and it's still, you know, I don't really do like logo design work or anything like that. Um, unless it was something, if someone ever asked me to do something that was very like an illustration, then sure. But in general, I've kept it, you know, more about drawings and illustrations rather than like layout and texts and all the kind of graphic design stuff. Yeah, yeah. What what was your experience of those freelance marketplace type websites? Um, I actually do have, I still have uh, one client that I work with that I met on that site and, and it's a good client. And I had another one as well that I worked with for a while. I think that it's kind of a toss up because honestly, you know, you have to undersell yourself. You're just starting out. I was just starting out. So I was okay with that, but I knew that I was charging less than, you know, probably should be because you're kind of bidding for the job. And sometimes people value your portfolio, but sometimes they just want something for the $50 that they think it should cost or whatever, you know, depending on what it is. So it's kind of good and bad, you know, there, you can have, you can meet good clients on there, but it, a lot of the times you're really just kind of selling yourself short. So I don't really, you know, I try not to use those anymore. Um, and once in a while I'll sign in to see if there's any like activity that looks interesting, but for the most part, I don't get involved. Mm. So how did it feel like it's one thing, you know, transition, you obviously wanted to move away, I presume from the hustle and bustle of the city and, and stuff, but yeah, it's quite a difference working. Well, not that I've ever worked for baby gap, but I imagine it's not just you <laughs> sitting in a room. Right, I imagine there's yeah. a team of you and stuff. Um, yeah. Basically to su- suddenly yeah, it- being on your own. How was that? Yeah, it you know, it's it is def- it's different, you know. It's like I don't have a huge reason to leave the house that often, you know, except for I go grocery shopping, you know. It it can, it can be very isolating. Um this year I've really changed my focus. I've been trying to build the business this year a lot. I've been working a lot on like marketing, but what I've also been doing is connecting with a lot of other artists and surface pattern designers like the industry is kind of exploding online. I think there's a ton of online courses, um, about it. I didn't know so much about surface pattern design, you know, like 10 years ago, I feel like I didn't, it was only, it seemed very small, but I don't know if it's the internet or, or what, but it seems like now there's just so, so many designers and illustrators out there that are looking to get their work on products and, Um, now I talk with a lot of them online and, you know, I Skype with different artists and, you know, we, we are in Facebook groups where we ask questions about the industry and answer questions about the industry. And so it's, it's a really great, um, community. I see. So you, you get, I mean, do you get work from that or is it the social, you know, that social? Yeah, I think that's more, that's more the social, um, and, and also sort of answering questions and kind of learning. Cause that's one of the things that I think is, 
uh, great about working in-house is that you learn so much from other people. You know, you don't know that you're doing something the slowest way possible until your coworker like walks by and is like, why, why are you doing that? You could just click, click, click or whatever, you know? So I think, you know, I kind of stopped, I, I, I stopped learning four years ago as far as like learning shortcuts and stuff like that. So I've been trying this year to sort of, uh, you know, watch YouTube videos or whatever to see what I might've missed or what are easier ways to do certain things. Um, and I think those kind of communities help, help share that information as well. Yeah. How have you coped with the finance side of it? Cause again, that's a big difference, like leave, leaving a regular oh, job. Yeah, for 10 I know years it's or... been exactly. Yeah. It's been pretty sad compared to my old, <laughs> old, uh, old income, but, um, it's, it's just, you know, I feel like I, transitioned so easily from college into working. Um, I was very lucky to get a job relatively easily and it was a, a decent job. I feel like I didn't pay my dues back then. You know what I mean? Usually when you get out of college, you're like, so, so broke, you can't find a job, you're working part, you know, whatever. I feel like I was so lucky back then that I was, you know, I just, chalk this up to like, this is me putting it paying my dues now, um, which is like kind of counterintuitive. And that's kind of why I feel like I've started a new career, even though I'm doing the same type of thing that I, I have always been doing. Um, I feel like I'm starting over, which is, or I, I have felt like I'm starting over now I'm getting the hang of it, but you know, it's, it, it's kind of strange how freelance is its own career almost. Yeah. Um, it can that, it can bring a lot of variety. Yeah, and and I do love that. That is actually one of my favorite parts about it. Um, is I get bored easily, and I like to be able to kind of jump from project to project. And it's, I mean, the amount of different types of products I design for alone is like it's it's pretty amazing. Um, when I think about uh, for for my course that I'm just launching, I have to talk about myself all the time for promoting it, <laughs> and. Um, and so I was like listing out some of the products that I designed for. And it's like, it's a pretty long list, you know? <laughs> so what led you to doing doing that course? Was it seeing that, that there was a growth in interest in your, I don't know, your passion, I guess? Yeah, or... there, well, that was part of it. Um, I mean, in general, the online online learning is just huge. And yeah, through the Facebook groups and, you know, communities that I'm in, I see so many people taking classes, sharing links like, oh, this class is great. This class is great. And and I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe I could teach a class that could be interesting. You know, I definitely because a lot of people um, are learning about it, learning about surface pattern design as like only online because maybe they were always interested in art, but they took a different career path and now they want to use that art for maybe they can build it into a career or um, some people, you know, are recent graduates and, you know, they, again, studied art, but they weren't sure how they were going to apply it um, to make money. So people are discovering it sort of at home, I feel like, and I have worked in companies. So I have learned a lot of those things that, you know, can't really be um isn't the information isn't out there as e as much as um some other industries, I think. So uh I just thought of an idea that of of one very particular aspect of of surface pattern design, which is textile design studios that I didn't see a lot about. There's a lot of information about licensing out there, licensing your artwork, but um, which I do as well, but 
Um, Design Studios is another opportunity that I think a lot of people don't know about. So how did you go about putting that course together? Is is it like on a... um on a Skillshare type thing or yeah, is it on yeah. your website? It's on, it's on atlee.com. Um, but yeah, that's the same kind of idea. It's an online, online video course. Um, I put together the outline and then I just, uh, I wrote it up and then I did, it's mostly screen share videos. Um, so I'm sort of doing like a PowerPoint presentation type thing while I'm narrating and talking about the industry and the different points to learn. And then there's a couple, you know, face to face videos where I'm, again, teaching stuff. And then I have downloadable PDFs and, uh, it only launched last week, but it's, it's already, I've gotten like such a good reception. I'm really, really happy about it. So how, how have you found that? I mean, it's very early days, obviously, if it's only just launched, (laughs) but, um, but I imagine as, as well as a potential revenue stream, it also adds additional, um, reputation for you to potential clients as well. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I mean, it's, it's been really good so far. Like I said, I'm so gratified to like hear people get excited about it. Um, on my Facebook groups and stuff where I, where I share the link and people saying, Oh, I'm signing up. I took it or, or I've started to take it and Oh, there's so much good information and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I feel like really, um, really happy that people are enjoying it because I knew the content was something that you couldn't really find other places, which is why I was so excited to make it. But, um, you know, I don't have a huge following, you know, I don't have like 20,000 people that are like following me and looking to to learn everything I have to say. So I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. But I think that uh, so far I'm I'm really pleased. And I yeah, I hope it it gives um, some credibility to me because, uh, to me for other clients, because, yeah. you know, clear, I do have the experience, you know, I just, it's just about getting the word out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what, let's just pause for a moment. If that's okay. Let me remind you that this episode is supported by the podcast host. So if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, check them out. There's a link at being freelance dot com so if you're thinking of starting a podcast for your business or hobby or a project that you're involved with uh, it's a, a a great thing it's been a few guests recently who have had them actually so uh, maybe you've heard from them how they've found it if you think it would suit you then check them out they have courses they have uh, technical help with editing and publishing and and uh, you know i realize if if you've not done audio in quotation marks before then it can feel a bit daunting but it really isn't that hard if a monkey like me can do it you can so uh, go visit them the podcast host.com and you can find a link to that at beingfreelance.com and remember use the promo code freelance to save yourself money as well right back to you elizabeth Mm -hmm. let's chat about how you 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 mentioned marketing yourself uh Mm -hmm. earlier what what's yeah what's been working for you Um, i imagine like your instagram looks looks (laughs) wonderful but um yeah you you know how do you go about putting yourself out there um Again, sort of tried a little bit of everything, but um, I send out postcards to company to potential clients um, uh, with my designs on them, and that has worked. Um, for uh, they, two of my clients are, and I don't have like a million clients, so that's a good percentage. <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> two of my clients were from I got from mailers. Um, one of them was one. This 
persistence is something that I definitely uh, encourage for any freelancer because it was someone I sent a, a mailer to uh, back when I started, like in 2012, and they were interested, but they didn't, no projects came out of it. And then I followed up every six months. And then in 2014, I got my first project and now they're one of my biggest clients. So wow. it's like, it took me two years to land that client. <laughs> so, you know, it's sometimes it's really all about the follow up. Um, so I send out postcards. Um, I do a lot of work on LinkedIn, you know, kind of trying to find people that uh, potential clients, um, Instagram. I have a newsletter that I launched earlier this year, which I feature uh, trends like market trends. So I do trend boards where I show, you know, kind of what is what are popular like motifs for giftware and stationery and that kind of thing. Yeah, I saw that. The sort of download resources that you have on your site look interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it came to like building up that email, how did you go about growing that list? Did you simply leave it to chance of people landing on your website? Um, half and half. Um, yeah, first, when I first launched, which was only in February, like I said, this year has been a total marketing year. Um, when I launched in February, I sent out, uh, person like personal email invitations to art directors, um, that I knew of or knew and said, Oh, I'm launching this, you know, here's some of my new newest work. Um, this is going to be all about trends. The reason I decided to kind of focus on trends is because I wanted to give value to art directors besides just my artwork and not to undersell my artwork, but, um, you know, they, they get artwork every day from how, I don't know how many designers. So to add in that, you know, the trend boards I thought was an extra, an added value. Um, so I did email people and reach out and, Every time I send out an issue, which is every two weeks, I send out like the archive of it or the link to it to people who aren't subscribed that I want to subscribe, um, you know, like five or 10 people each time, let's say not like a million, but, um, and then it's grown through, through my Instagram and stuff like that with, with artists. Ah, so you might, let's say you've, you've done, I don't know, issue 10 and mm -hmm. You think, do you know what? I wish this person had signed up to this. You then yeah. send them the email and say, hey, I don't know, but would you like to sign up? This is the kind of thing I'm sending out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. I, I like the fact that you've you've sat there as well and thought, how can I bring value to, to my potential clients other than just sharing your work? Yeah, yeah. And I think it also, again, sort of like the class thing is hopefully adding to my, um, like, uh, credibility kind of shows that I know what's going on in the market, um, whether or not I'm doing a, a design that's featuring um, cheetahs or whatever is, you know, or um, or watermelon or whatever is popular at the moment, whether or not I'm doing that design, I know about it and I've thought about it and I'm choosing to or choosing not to, you know, but um, you can see from my artwork that I and my trend boards that I know about it and can can do it yeah have you done any courses like business or marketing type courses which have inspired you to try some of these things or anything um not any business courses um i did take in a couple of years ago i took a uh licensing surface pattern course uh with 
Lilla Rogers, who's a licensing agent. And that encouraged me to, well, first of all, it was a very creative course. It, you know, gave me a lot of inspiration, but it also encouraged me to uh, think about getting into licensing my work, work, which is a little bit different from freelance in that I'm for freelance clients come to me and say, we need you to draw this and we'll pay you for drawing this. For licensing, I say, I think if I drew a cat, it was, it's going to look really great. This cat pattern is going to be awesome. And I want to see it on everything. And then, um, you know, an agent goes out and sells it to companies that will produce that artwork on their products. And then I get royalties later on. So I'm designing the original print with no guarantee of money, but if it gets on a product and it gets sold, then I get, uh, royalties from those that selling. So I did get an agent in 2013, uh, again, that was another thing that I thought like, oh, now I have an agent, I'm set, you know, like they're, <laughs> she's going to get me all my work and everything's great. And, uh, yeah, so I'm still marketing myself very hard, but <laughs> I have started, you know, having some products with my, with my designs on it. So that's a lot of fun. That's cool. So the licensing thing that's working out, but I guess it, it must take a while until you see the fruits yes, of it's that. a very long game. I'll tell anyone who that's part of the reason I did my course as well is because I think uh, people are really interested in licensing these days. And and design studios is kind of the opposite of that because it's selling outright, whereas licensing, I keep my copyright, even if they put it on a product. Um, and so I can use it again and again. And so you have this conception that I'm going to make, you know, 10 cool designs and it's just going to go on every product in the world. And, you know, like I'll just be retired by the time I'm 40. Um, but uh, it is very long game because if I design something today and then let's say in two months it gets picked up, then they still have to produce the product. It has to get to stores. Then they have to get the sales numbers. Then the royalty check gets paid to my agent. Then it gets paid to me. So like a year and a half later, I'm getting a check for something I did today, you know? So how do you approach that word? Do you think, right, today I'm just going to sit down and bash out, I don't know, 10 10 potential licensed things or do you just do it when inspiration hits you on the fly you didn't like yeah yeah um i sort of try to knowing that i'm not going to get directly paid you know i don't Mm. know there's no guarantee of pay pay i can't you know spend all my time doing it of course um i kind of go through phases of what i concentrate on and uh you know the beginning of this year was really all about marketing for me now the end of this year i'm I'm, i want to create a lot of new work so i've been trying to do a collection every two to three weeks so a collection it depends on what i'm focusing on if i do a collection of greeting cards it might be four greeting card designs that are all about birthdays and they all have sort of the same color scheme um but they could go to all different people you know different uh manufacturers um or it could be something where it's a bunch of prints that sort of all coordinate and it could be something where if a manufacturer picked it up, it could be, you know, one of the prints could go on a notebook and one could go on like a notepad and one could go on, you know, different coordinating like desk supplies or something like that, for example. And on on top of that, you also sell your own products, right? I do have an Etsy store. Yeah. Um, I think everyone who 
illustrates is pretty much you have to sign up for Etsy when you sign up to be an illustrator. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and so I do sell, sell my prints out, but I, I don't really focus on that store. I'm happy, you know, obviously I I like the artwork and I have it hanging around my own house and I hope that other people would add it to their collection as well, but it's not my, I, I don't, um, you know, promote it as much as some of the other things, because I think that, um, you know, I'd rather be working with art directors than just selling to com- consumers. Yeah, 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 sure. So it's more like a uh, a nice accidental, oh, somebody bought that kind yeah, of comes yeah, through. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Than something you concentrate on. So right. have we touched upon everything marketing-wise? Because you've, you've obviously put a lot into marketing this, this year. Um, yeah. Oh, Periscope, you know, that's what I've been doing too. Oh, cool. <laughs> so how have you been using that? Well, at first, uh, you know, um, I just sort of started popping on whenever I thought of a tip. If I was working and I was like there was a new thing on Photoshop or Illustrator that I had started doing or, um, you know, I was always doing the same shortcut or something like that. I would get onto Periscope and um, just sort of explain my process or say, oh, you know, I've been doing this a lot. And I just thought, you know, anyone. And I got a good reaction, um, you know, from people who are watching. And these are, you know, I would advertise on my Instagram or on Facebook that I do have a Periscope account, you know, so then people are getting notifications. So that has been fun. And then I've started doing every couple months, I do a full week where every day for at a certain time, I get on and offer, you know, a tip like this past week, I did a creative business tips kind of thing where I sort of talked about, you know, one day I talked about um, making forms like PDF forms for your invoices and stuff. One day I talked about U.S. copyright, um, you know, how to how to apply and when you should or how often you should and stuff like that. Ah, I see. I thought you were going to say, yeah, I stream myself drawing or something. You know, I Yeah, I do once art. in a while. There are a lot of artists who do that. But yeah. uh, but first of all, I, I use the undo key so much that I um, <laughs> I feel like it would be a pretty boring, uh, <laughs> boring thing. It's like, well, maybe 45 minutes later, we're going to have a pattern. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I do it once in a while. But for the most part, it's it's really to show a specific tip, you know. Interesting. How have you found it like going from being in companies for years where presumably you have other people managing you or dealing with the client and so on and so forth whereas now it's just you yeah no that is a really good uh point actually good question because that is something i totally miss is having an art director because sometimes i i I get stuck so much more i feel like when i used to work i if i got stuck on a a design to say like "Ah, i i know this doesn't look great but i don't really know what to do with it even if I knew it wasn't great, sometimes I'd just be like, here it is, I did it. And then they would say, well, let's change this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Whereas now when I look at my, if I'm doing something for licensing and it's, it's all me, then it's, you know, I do it, I get stuck. I know it's not great. And it's like, well, I guess this is just going to sit here for a couple of days because I really don't know the answer. <laughs> so yeah, it can it can be tricky. I I do miss having having someone, and also I I sometimes miss assignments. You know, well, I mean, with freelancing, I get assignments, so that portion is great. But for licensing, sometimes I wish that I had um you know someone to give a specific idea, creative brief. Okay, now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie. Let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? 
Okay. Um, first of all, the only sports injury I ever got was when I sprained my ankle playing video games. <laughs> Your ankle? Okay. Yes. Yep. Um, also, in grade school, I was inducted into an international optimist club. <laughs> yep. And I once had my designs pulled from the shelves of a major retailer because they were considered obscene. <gasps> oh, that's a good fact. If it's true, or even if it's not, I, hope it, I kind of hope it is. Okay. Um, what computer game were you playing? Where you did your ankle in? Um, it was it was Wii Golf. It was a sports inju- oh, in- Wii golf. <laughs> injury. It was Wii Golf, yes. A legitimate sports industry, uh, injury. <laughs> Okay, um, the International Optimists Club. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was the representative for my county. And and what happens with the International Optimists Club? Like, do, do they get together, or do they just wish <laughs> wish they could get together and they're happy with that? Um, it's it's more of like a child, a younger organization. It's not like there's, you know, I, I don't know if I'm still in it. Let's say, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there was. Well, we got a dinner first of all, and then there was a meeting. I think you know, like the year's inductees for the state we all got together and your pattern was what was your pattern supposed to be um it was a space theme rockets for example Hmm. they looked like something else did they yeah well the printing didn't go so well so the mechanical rockets looked much more organic than they should and it was on boys underwear so that made it really difficult to keep on the shelves it was Oh, gee, okay. Um, Because I so want the other two to be true, I'm going to say you were never in the International Optimist Club. You got it. That's the one. That's the lie. (laughs) Although that was utterly believable. So the International Optimist Club does exist. Yeah, it's a thing. It's it's. (laughs) Optimus International. I don't know what... I looked it up. It's like, we believe children are the future, so I don't know. (laughs) Children are the future so long as they're not wearing your pyjamas. Yeah, Um, right, exactly. (laughs) That's great. Um, Okay, so we kind of might have covered this earlier and sabotaged my final question, but like, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Yeah, um, I know. I think it sort of is one very small thing I would say is get on social media earlier, you know, start, start, start doing it immediately and just go for it. I'm happy to have been, you know, sort of early on the Periscope tip, but the, which I don't know, Facebook live might be taking over, but, um, Instagram, I think I, you know, came in a little bit late and I wish I had started earlier, but for the most part, I think I'd like to keep myself in the dark and just, you know, I don't think I, I don't think I, you know, I, it's a lot of, it takes a lot of motivation and I think that I would, still sign up for it either way but i'd rather just kind of have the surprise my younger self can just figure it out like i had to (laughs) i like that elizabeth thank you so much check out elizabeth's site of course and her beautiful artwork and fantastic cushions i mean look at those um they i've got your website open as as i talked to you and they keep because because you've got that oh yeah it's a slider like a carousel type thing so they keep going past going buy me buy me (laughs) 
It's almost like my wife told you to put that exact picture up there. So, yes, <laughs> check out beingfreelance.com and link through to Elizabeth. While you're at our site, don't forget to check out all the other guests as well. Even if they don't do the sort of thing that you do, I'm sure there's loads of value in uh, in what they've got to say about actually being freelance. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Lovely to, um, to talk to you. Send our regards to North Carolina. <laughs> Will do. Thank you so much, Steve. All the best being freelance. Thank you.